I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do. So probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life – From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Da 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 da
<laughs> what? Do you know when you do that, your face is so unenthusiastic. <laughs> you look brain dead when you're doing your mouth trumpet. You love doing a mouth trumpet. I know, but you've got to concentrate. Your face looks like someone has just told you some <laughs> terrible news. I was concentrating. I wanted to do a good trumpet job. And I think we can all agree you did. <laughs> Thank you. It was the song in the summertime, yeah. Hamish. It's related I to did this get that. podcast, which I actually looked up the lyrics because when I was thinking about that song, it actually starts with, in the summertime when the weather is high, and then it goes on and it says you've got women on your mind. And it says, have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you can find. In that order? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you... So it's a bit pervy and it's drink driving, so oh, we don't yeah. recommend that song. So he's out to find women. Yeah, it's horrible. He's drink driving yeah. and then he's on the prowl. Yeah, don't listen to that song if Cliff? you're sober. Is that Cliff? No, I can't remember I can't remember the name of the guy. I can't remember it Oh, now. here we go. <laughs> yeah, don't, no, don't. <laughs> Rapunzel. <laughs> Rapunzel, Rapunzel. <laughs> the good news is, Hamish, that things are heating up a bit here in Australia, aren't they? Yes. It's time to get your budgie smugglers on. It's my favourite time of year. Yes, it's of course. finally socially acceptable for me to expose myself to the general public without getting a restraining order. There are more questions asked when I walk around in England in January yeah. in the budgie smugglers think I've lost my mind. Just generally when you've got clothes on, people are like, why is Hamish wearing clothes? That's so weird. Me and Freddie. And Freddie, yeah. My son Freddie is generally naked I was the whole shocked. time. Came here last night. There he was, with trousers on. Yeah, he's got a full tan. There's no white bum on oh, The only person I know who's got a full tan. Full tan, yeah. yes. Um, we know that you lot in England have finished your summer holidays already. The hanky hats have been put in the drawer, the deck chairs have been shoved in the shed and your skin blisters have already healed. But here in Australia, things are getting sticky. And guess what happens when the sun comes out down under? And actually everywhere else in the world. What's that, Vic? Skinny dips? Yes, Hamish, skinny dips, chunky dunks and heavy boozing. We've had a few emails in the last few weeks and we had them from England in the England summer too from people that are newly sober and are dreading this silly season because it is so drenched in sozzled sundowners, pickled picnics, shit-faced camping trips, blind drunk barbecues and pissed up parties. Yeah. Um, so booze is everywhere when the sun comes out and it can be hard to say no when everyone around you is half cut in a sombrero, falling out of pub doors and having what seems like a grand old time while you twiddle your thumbs and order a fizzy water. So how can summer be something that a sober person looks forward to and can you ever enjoy a pub garden or a beach party without a jug of Pims or a Bacardi Breezer? Mm, good question. I actually had another email this week from two people that came to our live show, Hamish. Mm -hmm. Two women that said to me, they grabbed me and said, what do we do we feel like grannies now that we're sober and I, I wasn't really sure what to say I was in a bit of a hurry but I emailed them back today and I said you know sobriety can feel a little boring at first mm. but we're here to tell you that being a granny is cool is it? Yep. Well, sort of. <laughs> it's about embracing the granny, Hamish. That's, I see. I get thrown into jail for doing that <laughs> <Yeah>. too much. <laughs> Don't go out and cuddle too many grannies. You might get into trouble with the coppers. Well, yeah. We talked about pissing on grannies last week. Yeah, we've got a bit of a granny it's thing. It's a bit of a granny thing. Yeah, granny theme. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm... Hamish has got a bit of a thing about grannies. If you have grandchildren, stay well away from me. Yeah. I'll either hug you uninvited or I may pee on you. Yes. Either way. <laughs> we don't want you having to live in a cave in Siberia all summer with a weird bloke called Igor, or feel like a granny sitting at home with the gas fire. So today, Sober Awkward is here to teach you why being hammered in a heat wave could actually be dangerous, how to seek out other summer pursuits that don't involve you vomiting in a cool box and get you looking forward to this holiday without feeling left out. 
Yes, Vic. It's getting hot in here. Oh, no. So, grannies, take off all your clothes. I want to feel the summer rain on a sunny afternoon. No, I don't. I actually don't know all of us. <laughs> your voice. Not good? Not I good. I chose to go high. I could have gone, it's getting, but I thought it's better. It's getting hot in oh, here. No, it sounds like I'm crunched, like squeezing your bollocks. Yeah. It actually, like... I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do throughout this podcast. Higher, aim, higher. <laughs> So don't get sunburn, everybody. Peel the awkward and do it anyway. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm very proud of that. That's good. Yeah, thanks. You're, you are better than me at puns, I'll give you that. I wanted to start this episode by talking about our summer drinking habits when we were growing up, Hamish. Now, we are both British, and in the UK, something very odd happens. Long summer nights. It doesn't get dark until about 10 or 11 o'clock, which actually feels really exciting yeah. doesn't it it's weird it seemed like that was enough a reason to get me in the pub garden for the whole summer what about you Haim? did your drinking change when the sun was out it's actually weird i went back to the uk this summer and experienced it all over again right so when i see a park in london in summer my first thought is alcohol yes because that's what we do in parks in summer yeah you grab a six pack of those flavoured ciders. Buckfast was what I had, which was that Buckfast. weird Scottish. Yeah, Scottish wine, really strong fortified wine. It was like port. Oh. You did shots of it. That's the sort of level. You were doing of... shots in a park. I yeah. see. For me, it was like picnic rugs and ciders. No, no, no. I was just passed out in the um, in the bandstand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are bandstands for? They were for bands. So they just don't have bands on them anymore. No, you used to have a band a... in the park in the yeah. old days. Just it's like on... at the cinema, you used to have someone come up on the organ. See, bandstands is where you sit and drink when it starts to rain. They always smell a bit of pee. Yeah, that's true. Um, so no, I'd get, I'd get whatever was on sale. I'd nick a bottle opener from home. I, which is always interesting as well because you'd try and open a bottle without a bottle opener. Yeah. You'd done the whole like putting it in a shoe and smash it against a tree. Yeah, teenage problems they yeah. were. Or um, I tried to open one with like a pair of keys or a knife. Impossible. Actually, you know how you've got your scar from your no finger? I've got that scar on my thumb oh, yeah. from trying to open a bottle of beer with a knife. Yeah. Actually, Hamish, I've got exactly oh, the do. same scar. What was that from? Knife. From opening a bottle, trying to bottle open, open a bottle of wine. Yeah. With a knife, trying to stick the knife into the cork. Oh, you did that. Dig Honestly, out the cork. I was trying to lever the beer bottle so I could pop it off, but yeah. I slipped and the knife went into my into my thumb. Mine was actually from opening oysters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at Lord's Cricket Ground. Yeah yeah. 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 Nice. So it's weird because still to this day, the things that I miss about the UK are those long nights or those pub gardens. Yes. I was still able to enjoy those on my last trip with alcohol-free drinks, which made me think there's actually... It's the novelty of the late night and the sun and the heat that we're really enjoying, not necessarily the booze. So I think a lot of the fun things that happen in the UK, I'm sure the rest of Europe and America, seem to happen in the summer. In the UK, it was that Oxford-Cambridge boat race, cricket season, music festivals, most people's weddings, Wimbledon, Notting Hill Carnival. British people are just beyond excited when it's sunny yep. because it rarely is. On the one hand, it's England at its best. On the other that does mean that our drinking goes through the roof in summer and it can be hard to stay sober, which is probably why dry July is not such a big thing in England in comparison yeah. to Australia. Yeah, the sun's out and it's like, right, let's, let's get the booze in. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Vicky? Do you drink more in, in the summer? Yeah, daylight savings. Gosh, the warm nights outside. It was like a celebration from getting out of hibernation, yeah, wasn't it? It was exactly. like, right, we're all here. I remember my hen night in London. It was one of those balmy nights which you rarely 
barely get in England. I was in Covent Garden. Everyone was spilling out of the pubs. We even got one of those tuk-tuk things around the town. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely amazing. And England really, truly does come alive. It's, it's so dreary all year. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a good sunny day, it's like, oh, my God, this is the best place on earth. Yeah. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. So I do have really fond memories of England on a hot, sunny day. It really made used to make me happy. There was a real buzz in the air. Everyone having after-work drinks, it just felt exciting. Of course, festivals always happen then, mm-hmm. all those outdoor gigs. Let's talk about pub gardens for a minute here. You've mentioned them, Hamish. There is something in my brain that when I think about a pub garden, I just relate it to being happy. And it's because the nights used to draw on a bit longer and the pub was my favourite place. Everything about it turned me on, Hamish. I'm not joking. It was the round trays that you used to get from the bar with a little bit of beer in the bottom. It was the damp beer mats. It was the red-nosed locals, the metal tankards, the smelly carpet, the low ceilings, the sound of the latch on the door. Like I romanticise about pubs in the summer now still in the same way that I used to then. I have a fantasy about it. And going to one now would almost seem impossible and wrong because it would trigger my drinking. See, that's why I want to ask you. Because they don't, you know, pubs like the ones you've just described don't really exist where we live here. Which makes it easier for me to be sober, I think. Yes. Yeah. But when you've gone back to England, have you been back in summer and been back in, in that environment? I haven't been back to England since I got sober. Really? No. Interesting. Yeah. Do it you was think six years it would, since it I went back. would be confronting? I think would I would be... Would you seek out a pub? Or, or I would go life? to a pub yeah. now, I think. But there, I think still there is a part of me that f- would feel like I was missing out. No matter mm. how much work I've done, no matter how much I know that I will never drink again, being in one of those pub gardens, which I just totally relate to my drinking habit, I think it would be a bit triggery. Yeah. Yeah, which is awful, really. But like what, what I'm saying is it's it's the people. Like it's your memories of those pub gardens. I know yeah. that you've described, you know, the smells and all of that. But I think it is good friends, good weather for once, yep. in the sun, looking at a nice lawn, which usually yeah. like a nice lawn, so it was a turn on for me. Yeah. Like those are the things. Well, the smell, that, the smell the of the a grass, freshly cut lawn. Those oh. are the things, right? Yeah. Being pissed is like the glitter on yes. that beautiful picture. But the picture's beautiful enough without the glitter, if that makes sense. It's like glittering a shit, isn't it? Yes. In my mind, I've glittered a shit. And I'm like, I know that I was always really drunk in those situations. I never took in any of those things that you're talking about because I was too busy being at the bar. It's a total drinking fantasy for me. The memory of it is better than the reality of it. The reality of it was not that at all. It was me going there thinking, I'm going to have a nice time. Isn't it lovely that the sun's out? Getting three pints in, being in a blackout, and then falling out the door and not remembering anything. So the reality, I know the reality is different, but whether or not I'd be triggered, I think I probably would be. Interesting. You talk about FOMO. So now you'd feel FOMO because you're there and everyone's drinking. Then you were probably missing out because you were wasted and everyone else was having a normal time. Exactly. Yeah. We had a boat. I know this sounds posh. I always take the piss out of Hamish for being posh. posh you had a boat. We had a boat growing up, yeah, on the did. Thames. So we used to go to Henley Regatta. Mm-hmm. Sounds so posh. Uh-huh. We weren't posh when we were there. We actually acted like sort of swearing sailors. We were just all so hammered. We used to have blackouts in locks. I remember my sister Claire we trying used to have blackouts in locks. Well, we used it's to the go through the locks. Thing you've ever said. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the thing is, we used to get somewhere on the river where there's locks. So you're going upstream, up mm. a hill in the river. You have to go through locks, like on a canal boat. And we used to get somewhere and wake up the next morning and go, 
oh my god we've come quite far down the river thames we've been through four locks okay. i don't know if you've been <laughs> i love this conversation have you ever been through a lock hamish and no. done the lock yourself See, for me i thought a lock was like a lake in scotland no no a lock is l-o-c-k it's different okay. it's where the boat is going up river and you have I to go it. into the gates yeah, and like then a, the water like lowers sort of and, thing, yeah. yes exactly the yeah. same they, they have electric locks now but back in that day you used to have to go and wind this yeah. thing it's it's quite a major undertaking and you've got to park the boat the water goes up and down yeah. you've got to jump and jump on and jump off we did that in blackouts yeah yeah that's what i did in the summer was a lot my poor parents used to come and find their boat moored up so in the middle like of Essex or something yeah, <laughs> it'd be yeah. somewhere really weird we used to crash it all sorts of things so we had a boat and it all sounds lovely, but it was a total mess. Mm. The summer was just me and my mates getting on that boat and practically drowning each day. There's, the there's an episode in Boats and Drinking. Yeah. Those two things come hand in hand. Boats and Drinking, absolutely. We used to play this game called Spin the Broom next to the river. So you'd hold a broom your, over your, your head. On your family holidays. Yeah, we, all the family played it. We'd get, the, we'd get drunk, we'd hold the broom above your head and then you spin around ten times and then you have to put the broom on the floor and then put your foot on it and then you've won. But once you've spun around twenty times, everyone was in the river. Oh, okay. So you just start stumbling around like I'm a maniac. Really, I thought it was going to be a version of Spin the bottle that you're no. playing with your family it's okay. just funny watching people stumble around then fall in the river yeah, yeah. we all ended up with vials disease which is that disease you get from rats oh really yeah because it's not good to swim. water yeah it's just yeah. not good swimming in the thames but generally it was just me being pissed in various places all summer mm. summer was drinking time winter spring and autumn were too but summer was where everyone was up for it party time so what about in australia Haim? what have you noticed about summer drinking here well firstly Bit of a double whammy here. A lot of people find A, summer is the hardest time to be sober. B, Christmas is the hardest time to be sober. If you live in Australia, they come at the same time. It's a combo. It's a combo, which I imagine is unbelievably difficult for loads of sober people yep. in Australia. You and I both live on the Sunshine Coast in what is called the Sunshine State. Yep. So it kind of feels like summer every day. So if summer is a trigger for you, do not move to where we move to because it's kind of beautiful and sunny. And you're like, oh, if, you, if you're still in the English mindset, which I am, despite living here for nearly six years, I still have that mentality, like exciting for when I see sun. The idea that we need to go out, we need to make the most of it because who knows when the next sunny day is going to be, right? Yeah. That really frustrates Liz because she sometimes enjoy a day inside, like recovering and sitting on the sofa watching films. Yeah, I don't feel like you cannot go outside if it's a sunny day. That is an English thing. Yeah. That's an English thing. Yeah. But we live here. or It's like this all the time. Yeah. So very difficult to get out of that mindset. One of the things I did notice when I moved to Australia and I started hosting parties, in terms of the drinking culture here, people turn up to your house with their own cool bags or yep. eskies. You notice that? I could have a very, very long discussion about this, Hamish. <laughs> in England, when you turn up at someone's house, you buy a bottle of wine for them mm. and then generally they supply the rest of the booze. Would you right. say that? Yeah, I guess that's yeah, fine. You yeah. probably bring a gesture mm -hmm. and then if they're hosting, they're kind of the supplier yeah. of the booze, yeah. which is very different here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So people bring their own eskies or their own cool bags. Yep. And I thought it was because like people expect the fridge to get filled up with the food and the booze work from the barbecue. I actually think what it is, is people are fed up of walking to the fridge. In Australia, like a lot of people have got fridges oh, in their garages. Okay. So they have it always within arm's reach. Okay. It's a cool bag with their like six to 12 beers. That's what I've noticed. I wondered whether it was because people like a certain drink. So therefore they don't want to yeah. go to someone's house and then be given shit wine. Right. They want to like, they like, well, I like this sort of Chardonnay, so I'm going to bring it with me. 
I yeah. feel like I now turn up with eskies of non-alcoholic beer because people generally do not serve that at a party. Yes, of but course. But also what everyone has here is those, I don't know what the name is it, like the sock that you put your Stubby holder. can in. Stubby, Stubby holder. holder, yeah, yeah. Which is ugh, obviously not a thing in England because it's no. never that hot. Um, but I do find that's quite useful when you first go booze free because yeah. people don't know what you're drinking and they don't know how much alcohol is in it okay so you can just stand there with this stubby holder that covers the logo of the can oh yeah good idea and you can look invisible yeah so then you don't get questioned exactly yeah good idea now obviously in australia we have this beach and barbecue culture i'm actually quite impressed by how little you see people drinking on the beach i think it's illegal is it illegal, it is illegal here i think yeah yeah it's amazing because yeah in england or europe everyone gets pissed on the beach and then usually litters the beach with booze and snacks yeah um so i do quite like that um but barbecues are obviously a piss up and because of that it got me wondering how, how australia compares to the rest of the world with regards to drink driving right so i did a little bit of research oh, i love a bit of research Hamish. the results are not great if you are australian so according to the world health organization's global status report on road safety that's the sort of shit i read now oh sober. my god it's another one of your wank leaflets <laughs> okay <laughs> So, South Africa is the most dangerous country in the world for road accidents, with 58% of fatalities being attributed to alcohol consumption. Canada is next with 34%, then the US with 31%, and Australia with 30%. 30% of road fatalities are because of booze. The UK right. is much lower than that. That's, that's 16%. So people are actually going to have a drink, have a drive, and go out and see what they can of find. Of course. Yeah. Like people drive to barbecues all the time. All barbecues are piss up. And obviously it's not just barbecues that are the problem, but there is a culture here of hosting barbecues, hosting parties, yes. and those parties being piss ups. And people driving. And Australia's fucking yeah. huge. So you've got yeah. to drive everywhere. It's funny, like, I don't really think about drink drivers very often because I don't drive at night very often. You are a poor driver. Uh, <laughs> I do get it. I'm a good driver when there's no one else in the car. Is that it? Yeah. So you blame your glasses a lot, is what I've noticed. Or you blame Google Maps a lot. Because it always tells me to go left, but it's not telling me to go left. I blame everything on my glasses. I always say, somebody says to me, Oh, you're a bit rude. You didn't say hello to me the other day. I'm like, I don't say, oh, Actually, it's because I don't like you. I say, Oh, I probably didn't have my glasses on. Yeah, it was probably Google Maps. Couldn't fault. see you. Yeah. <laughs> but what it was, me and George went to see Arrested Development at a little festival, blagged our way in. Yes. Yes. We didn't need to talk about that. Okay, go on. Ask me. So, George is a rule keeper. He's, yeah, my eldest is a rule keeper. Vic is a rule breaker. Exactly. Vic suggested at the weekend that they break into the local music festival, <laughs> yeah. which I'm surprised he was like, yeah. He wasn't, yeah, at all. Okay, so you, he was like, we can't do that. You can't do that. I said, George, some rules are made to be broken. I'm not paying 260 bucks to see one band at a music festival. I'm blagging in. Okay, so tell us how it went. Well, I just went there at about 6pm at night. There was one band I wanted to see. You packed scissors and sellotape. I packed scissors and sellotape. Yeah. And I stumbled across a drunk person who was leaving and going home to bed. Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. And we cut the band off and taped it onto my arm. I bought George a ticket and we were in. Okay, so he did. He, he went in legally. Okay, so I guess that's important for him. He went in legally. Okay, that's yeah. good. The funny thing was that I think I've created a monster, Hamish. You, the way that you're about to describe him does not oh, paint him in the best picture. I love my little Georgie so much, but he's very, very aware of the rules. Yes. And he was like, that person smells of alcohol. That person's vaping. Look, Mum, those people are smoking and those um, people are kissing. And what did he say halfway through the arrest of we development were set? <laughs> we were in the front row of Arrested Development and I was like oh my god this is the best we were singing everybody in the audience was singing it was absolutely wonderful and George turned around and looked at me and went mum I think they're smokers <laughs> 
he's such a head boy. He's such a head boy. Like, George, just enjoy the music. Like, why do you think they're smokers? He's like, oh, they just look like smokers to me. So like, I thought he was like really focusing on their fingers to see if they had a little no, stain from holding no. a cigarette. He was he was absolutely obsessed with the rules. I was like, George, this is a festival. Everyone drinks, everyone takes drugs, everyone's going to be vaping, there's going to be people kissing. This is what happens. It's okay. But he just couldn't get his head around it, the poor thing. <laughs> he says he's going to be a policeman when he's older. I'm oh, like, perfect. It'd be, yeah, be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that aside, though, yeah, what, that aside. what were your first impressions of the Australian drinking summer? Well, the first thing that I did when I arrived, which was around Christmas time, was go for sparkling wine on the beach with yeah. everybody I met, especially at Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was the thing you met for a sparkling wine on the beach. So there was all of these new traditions mm-hmm. that were associated with drinking. That's why I found new ones that involved nice weather, which meant it was more often because the weather was always it's actually, nicer. It's actually just the same tradition. It's just a different month. Yeah. Summer here is Christmas in England. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's so hot, Hamish, that I think I was thirsty. You reckon that plays a part? I think it plays a part. You're dehydrated or nothing better than a cold beer. Because, of course, it doesn't help your dehydration, but that's what we think. We go, oh, yeah, I'm I'm thirsty. I'm going to grab a beer. Cold beer's the answer. You might be right. I think that could be something to do with it. Lots of beers, lots of Barbies, Aussie traditions. These are all part of the culture here. Fishing trips is one. Lots of people have boats and booze. It's coming up again. We need to do an episode on boats and booze. Boats and booze is massive. Lucy's Tinder page, that was beer and a fish. We went through her Tinder page ages ago and it was all men holding a beer or holding a fish. So that's where the traditions come (laughs) from. That's Queenslanders. That is the basis (laughs) of Queensland life is right there. Surf and grab a tinny after is a huge culture over here. So people go for a big surf, join their mates on the beach afterwards for a coldie Mm -hmm. and sitting in a camp chair in the river. They do it here all the time. It's like the camping thing in the summer. Everybody goes out, they get one of those chairs with a little holder in it and they sit there swigging beers so all day. is that legal? I thought it was illegal to drink like that in public. Oh, it seems... Well, like everybody does it here. Maybe I haven't in a seen, river is okay. <laughs> maybe in a river is okay. I haven't seen people doing it on the beach. Maybe yeah. it's just banned on the beach yet. So as you can hear, summer in Australia, which coincide with Santa's arrival, not Satan's arrival, no, again. is a lot about the ocean and beer drinking. These two are actually not mates. According to the Royal Life Saving Society of Australia, alcohol contributes to at least 20% of all drowning deaths here every year. Wow, okay, so it's not just road deaths, we've got drowning deaths as well. Yeah, this is why it's dangerous. This is the the combo of a hot day and boozing Mm. can actually be dangerous. This figure is even higher for people aged between 15 and 29, with 41% of all drowning deaths in this age group attributed to intoxication. However, the overall figure is likely to be even higher as blood alcohol levels are not always tested when someone drowns. Interesting. Drinking before swimming is always a dangerous choice because the alcohol distorts your perception of risk and your own abilities. I found this really interesting, Mm. Haim. It impairs your judgment and increases your risk-taking behaviour and it numbs out the senses, especially your sight, sound and touch. This leads to unsteadiness and increase in your inability to climb or swim or get yourself out of trouble. Why is it always so tempting to swim when you're drunk? I don't know. It's just this thing that switches in your head. It's like... There's the water. I've had a few beers. I'm in. Get me in the water. Get me in. We need Huberman or a scientist to tell us what it is about drunk that makes swimming so attractive. 
If the change in seasons is seeing your alcohol intake rise, you might want to consider reaching out for help. But who, how and where? This is something Hamish and I get asked all the time, and we're always happy to recommend that you work with Sarah Rusbatch. Sarah is a grey area drinking coach who has successfully helped thousands of women free themselves from alcohol. We believe that the success of Sarah's course lies in the fact that she focuses on community connection, education and mindset. So many of the women make lifelong friends in these challenges and connect with a tribe who support and cheer for them along the way. January is always Sarah's biggest and best challenge. Wherever you are on this sober journey, this course caters to you all. Plus, as a sober awkward listener, you can make the most of a huge $159 discount. Just use the code AWKWARD, that's in capitals, AWKWARD, at sarahrusbatch.com to grab your place. The challenge starts on the 8th of January and you can sign up anytime using this code before the 5th. If you want to change your relationship with alcohol, head to sarahrusbatch.com. I know. Have you ever gone swimming under the influence, Hamish? I literally think the better question is, have I ever not gone swimming when under the influence? (laughs) Even growing up in London, it's like, there's a puddle, there's like a water fountain, there's a statue with with peeing coming out of it, you know, when they do that? Yeah, the mannequin piss. That thing, like, always attractive to me. I've drunk swum my way around the world. Okay, right, exactly. It's scary. I did want to tell a quick story here about one of my first nights out in Newcastle when I was at uni was I left the club at the same time as this girl and she decided that she would go for a swim in the Tyne River. God. Which is a bit like going for a swim in the Thames. Right. It is cold and really powerful current and she nearly died oh god and I, yeah, I remember they'd be like ambulances and people had to come rescue and like what what are you doing I, I swam everywhere drunk but in a river in the middle of a city yeah and then so that was a bad idea but when i have i told you this story when i was in bondi when i went swimming no me and liz and a friend of ours tony we were drunk and we thought we'll go for a dip because that's what you do you're at bondi beautiful swim Anyway, there's a TV show, if you're not from Australia, called Bondi Rescue, which basically tracks the Bondi surf life-saving guys, the, the people that patrol the beaches, and turns it into a reality TV show, which is brilliant. Like, it's them saving people from the ocean and teaching you about ocean safety, and they're quite charismatic and they're all very attractive, so it makes a yeah. good show. Yeah. Anyway, the Bondi, they sort of patrol the beach on kind of a go-kart, and me and Tony and Liz were, were drunk swimming, and this go-kart comes firing up, Got us out of the ocean. They'd get out, get out. Luckily, we were shallow enough that we could get out. Yeah. And call us all cunts. Oh, really? Like, That's not making the final cut of the TV show. Yeah. God. They were so worried about us because we were in a rip, but, you know, we weren't aware of it. Oh, wow. Drop the C-bomb on us. Yeah. Well, I think you probably deserved it, quite honestly. Probably. That is a good situation probably. to use the C-bomb. Yeah, that's the only situation. Wow. I think often that that story of that girl um, swimming in the river in the city, there's often news articles where people have gone missing on a night out, yeah. and often they find their body where they've stumbled into a river or something, mm. don't they? Mm. When water's around and booze, it is really, really tragic sometimes. Yeah. But at night, like for me, all of my drunk swimming has been in the day. I don't think I've ever, I've, I've done like maybe sunsets, but mm. the ocean or a river at night is a scary thing. When I was travelling Hamish, it was the year that the Alex Garland book, The Beach, came out. Okay, yeah. And it was about 1998, 99. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I went, whenever we anyone got drunk, we would try and swim to the beach. Yeah. We'd try and find it. Yeah. We'd actually swim out in the ocean, okay. drunk, laughing, going, let's find the beach. Let's find, you know, that lagoon. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. 
We used to try and swim to other islands. It's absolutely <laughs> mental. I once came to in a fountain out of a blackout with a goldfish staring at me. Interesting. In Brighton, Where? Brighton, Brighton. Seafront. Yeah, I was looking at a fish and I was, and I remember, I actually remember clearly thinking, why am I underwater right now? Really? Absolutely Alone? wasted. No, there was people there. I don't know why they were allowing me. I guess it was just a funny story It's the next always day. funny to see someone get into a statue water <sighs> feature. One of my most embarrassing moments in my life the next day was the nudie run I did on Byron Bay Beach during the day. Okay. We'd all decided to go for a skinny dip and I got completely naked during the day and was running around. Byron in those days was a bit more hippie, so that was mm. allowed. But yeah, we didn't go in for a swim. But I was going to say... That's the most embarrassing thing you've done. I am surprised. Well, it was embarrassing the next day. I just felt embarrassed that everyone had seen my naked body. You've done much worse shit than that, Vic. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That is the let's most just, PG story just, you've ever told. Let's just pretend. <laughs> That's the story you tell your kids. Yeah, let's oh, just pretend. Guys, for... don't drink. Once I did a skinny dip in Byron, the most hippie place in Australia. I was mortified. <laughs> let's just pretend that that is the the lowest level I've yeah. ever been to. Okay. Yeah, okay. Don't put that in your book. That one's no. not making any Guys, read this book, The Crazy Days. <laughs> no, I, w I did want to mention Bondi Rescue here as well, oh, Hamish. Well, just because I find it so fucking weird that every time I watch Bondi Rescue, it's Christmas Day. Oh, every every episode is Christmas Day. They've all got Santa hats yeah. on running into the ocean. Christmas Day there is a total nightmare for them. Yeah. Because everybody's drunk. There's, what is it, 40,000 people on mm. that beach? Mm. It's some mental amount and everyone's swimming. Yeah. Oh, it's, they do like a thousand rescues a day at that time of year. I can remember one of my first memories of Australia. So my first day in Sydney was Christmas Eve. Mm. And I can remember leaving a house party at two, three in the morning. Oh, it was light. It must have four or five in the morning on, Christmas, on New Year's Day. Yeah. And there were 20,000 people on the beach. God. So people have done all-nighters and then gone straight to the beach to, to party. It is just so stressful because, like, that combo is lethal. And actually I read somewhere recently that CPR is less effective on drunk persons. Oh, really? It's much, much harder to revive someone when they've been in the water and they're unconscious okay. if they've been drinking. So it's so much going on there. I used to swim lots when I was hungover, Hamish. I thought that swimming, if it was cold water especially, was like a cure. Yeah, I've had that thought. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it made me feel better. I sort of cured my hangover. I looked this up actually, and it is partly true. Mm. A cold shower or putting your face in ice water or a dip in the ocean can actually relieve some symptoms of a hangover. It stimulates nerves, triggers something called a diver's reflex, which is when the cold receptors in the skin are triggered by the... Tr oh, here we go. The trigeminal... <laughs> the tri usually meant me read the difficult the words. T-R-I-G-E-M-I-N-A-L. <laughs> there you go. Trigeminal? Trigeminal nerve. Sure. The cranial nerve that supplies the skin of the face. <laughs> <laughs> face skin. You've lost me. You've lost me here. <laughs> it's a nerve in the face, Hamish, okay. which in turn relieves the symptoms of nausea and vomiting short term. Interesting. So actually it does help you with a hangover if you get in water. That's it. Anyway, we're now, we're now the podcast giving tips for hangovers. Yeah, don't, we don't <laughs> so get drunk in the first this, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do not go swimming in cold ocean or anywhere. Anyway, wherever you are in the world, summer seems to be like a good excuse to get bang into the sauce. Not the tomato sauce, Hamish. <laughs> Although we do have a few more barbecues, don't we? HP is preferable. Let's not start that debate. No. 
<laughs> but what if you are now sober and you're approaching this period for the first time? How is it going to feel? How did you feel, Hamish, first attending a summer event as a sober weirdo? Well, perhaps unsurprisingly, it was awkward. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what to do with my hands. Did you get that in early sobriety? I just waved a lot of people. Hello. Like I was like one yeah. of those mad people that stands on a roundabout. Or like one of those cats in the back of a car yes. that nods and, and waves. I was doing a double wave, though. Okay, So yeah. people just thought I was very, very excited because I didn't have anything to do with my hands. Well, I was like, holding a beer was always something to do with a hand. In the same way that I remember as teenagers, like smoking was like, oh, it's some, at least it's something to do with your hands. Yes, so if I was, you're nervous. Well, I was very yeah. aware of hands when I when I first went sober at parties. You have got quite big hands. That's it, it's the Perhaps issue. that's why, yeah. yeah. I remember feeling like you don't have the excuse of going to get a drink a lot. So you know when like when you drink, you're like, oh, I'll just go get one. Or, or I need to go to the loo. That yes. happens a lot. You're always on the move. There's yeah. always an excuse to move away from a conversation that you want to move away from. True. But when you're sober, you don't have that anymore. No, that's so So I find true. myself sometimes getting stuck in a conversation feeling like I should work the room or get out of this all the yes. conversations because the person's banging on about something I don't care about. Yeah. But without the excuse of going to get a drink or going yeah. to the loo, well, you can still use going to the loo, but I, I was aware of getting stuck more than I wanted to get stuck. Yes, and the conversations definitely seem more intense because you're yeah. fully there, fully yeah. present, yeah. Um, also, if they don't have alcohol-free drinks, I find myself drinking a frankly weird amount of water. Because yeah. I still sometimes go, oh, I'm just going to get a drink. You're like, just topping up another glass of water. Yeah. Drink a lot of water. And I, I do have, like, I mix it up. Sometimes I squeeze a lemon, a bit of cucumber, you know, just yeah. to keep things exciting. Yeah, we're trying to days. prove the sobriety ain't boring. Cucumber in the water, very exciting. Or you do the alternative, which is to have Coke or lemonade, and then you just end up just being mental because yeah. you've had too much sugar. Fired up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually have not made that mistake. I'm okay. quite good at not going soft drinks. Okay, good, yes, so soft you, drinks. You could easily drink just nine Cokes. And then... I wonder whether soft drinks are like the devil's urine. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have another discussion about <laughs> yeah. that after the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I feel like today, like now we're over a year in, I feel like it affects me less. I bring my own alcohol-free drinks because most of my friends drink um, and it's unlikely they will offer me any. So I try and either buy my favourite or sometimes I try and try like a new one. So I've got something to look forward to at a party. This is quite a good tip. I like introducing my drinking mates to my alcohol-free drinks. Yeah. Subtly. Like, oh, have a, like, a sip of this one. This yeah. is a new one. Or it's I'm going to make a bad, mocktail. Yeah. Give it. It's not too bad because I I get a bit of a kick out of my friends then a week or two weeks or three weeks later being like, had a night out last night and I only drank this alcohol-free drink one yeah. that, that you recommended to me. So I do quite like that. Yeah, because people don't consider trying it. They just think, oh, well, I'll just have beers. That's what I always do. But actually, yeah. it's very good at having an alcohol-free beer. If it doesn't trigger you, it's all good. It's similar to the mindset of like, what's the point of decaf coffee? People yeah. have that with what's the point in beer? I don't yeah. like the beer taste that much to drink an alcohol-free one. But actually, they're okay. That's what my dad says to me every time when I have an alcohol-free drink. He's like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? I'm like, well, I could just say, well, it's because I'm an alcoholic, so therefore... That does that nip is the it point. in the bud. Yeah. That does nip that I don't say that. I just bud. walk away and then roll my eyes at him. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to your dad, actually. Yeah, today. yeah. Are calling a... this on your birthday? Yeah, it's birthday. my dad's birthday today. Yeah, and 85. Here we are slagging him off. Yeah, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so it is my dad's 85th birthday yeah. today. Thank you for telling me, Hamish, because I actually haven't called him yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll call him together. I'll do him in a do minute. Do we do it on the podcast? You can call him. I can't be bothered. What about you? What was your first experience of 
alcohol-free summers? Oh, gosh, I was really scared about them at first. But as you say, like, it's hot here all the time, so it's just like a yeah. general, never-ending summer. I am glad I'm not in the UK for those reasons we discussed mm. earlier. I think I may have failed by now. I did avoid everything for a few years, as we well know. Mm. I avoided any sort of party, any sort of social event for about 18 months just because I couldn't face any of it. I find it easier to stay home sometimes when all of Mm. that is in my face, when it's that massive summer feeling and everyone's going for it and everyone's drinking. I actually do avoid those situations quite a lot. I just want to feel safe. I don't want to be triggered. I don't want to feel like I'm being left out, basically. There are no influences for me at home um, and I don't have to follow any of those societal traditions like we talked about in the last episode. Um, And for me, it's always just been about practice. It's about if you want to stay for 10 minutes, then stay for 20, then stay for half an hour. And in, you know, in a year's time, you might go out and stay somewhere for two hours. That's what it was for me. Mm. It was just about learning who I was without alcohol and being okay with that. I always recommend if you are going out in to a summer event and you don't want people to give you a hard time is to tell people you're sober before you go. We talked about this on the live show a little bit, didn't we, Hamish? It is so important to have this sober conversation with mates before the event. Meet them for a coffee, go out for breakfast, put a message in the WhatsApp group because you'll find everyone will be supportive and actually there'll be other people there that are not drinking and that's going to make you more secure in that environment. As Hamish said, bring AF drinks if that's for you, if it doesn't trigger you. And I had to create new traditions which weren't surrounded by booze in the summer. And in England, it's the same as Christmas as well. England will Mm. be heading into Christmas as we're doing this podcast, Hamish. You need to create new traditions that don't involve PIMs, that don't involve eskies. There's other stuff in the world that doesn't involve booze and it's about exploring that so what are some other activities and ways that summer can be easier for someone that is no longer on the piss Vic? good question one thing that's really good to do if you're going into the summer season would be to do an alcohol free challenge for that month it will really help you stay on track. There are loads out there now and it will really give you a good kickstart into sober life that time of year. That is the best time to do it around Christmas and New Year Mm -hmm. and in those Australian summer holidays. There's so many. There's the Sarah Rusbatch one, maybe a six-week challenge even. It is so worthwhile. One thing you could also do is host a social event or volunteer. Give back to your community. That will give you busy. Get a new hobby. Get a new hubby. Get a new hubby. (laughs) Get Throw new... the old one out, yeah. start a summer, get yourself a new hubby. Get a new husband, out with the old, in with the yes. new, I reckon. A younger as long as model. sober, got to be sober. As long as they're sober. <laughs> get a new hobby. Uh, I went to a glee club when I was down in Sydney recently. Yes. That was fantastic. I'm going to try and do one here. There is nothing more joyful than singing within a group of people. It's like the flash mobs dancing mm. with other people. Those sorts of things. Hang on, we can't move on from this just it's yet. It's dopamine enhancing this. Vic is a bit of, I think you don't mind me saying this, you would be anti the stereotypical American energy and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not being unfair to you or Americans. Yeah. What happened to you during Glee Club? I cried. You cried. And why did you cry? It was just so lovely, Hamish. <laughs> we sang Lean On Me and everyone had different parts. There was altos and vibratos and all those other words that I don't know. And everyone had their part and no one was professional singers. They yeah. were just normal people. And the voices just all coming together was the most beautiful thing. It was too much for you. I just thought it was just, it was so pure. 
Yeah. That's what I loved about it. Everyone was smiling. It was just lovely. I highly recommend joining a choir. I think it's something I want to do. I'm going to do it. I would come watch a choir. Would you be in a choir? I think I'd be in a choir, yeah. Okay, well, I think maybe we need to do that. I'd do a choir. Yeah, that's that's going to be something we do, Hamish. So there's all these kind of weird stuff that you probably would have never have done before you got sober. It's what we're saying is go out and do it. I've got a weird one here. Go on. Find your inner child. I know, I love this one. Go and think about what you used to enjoy as a child. What were the things that you loved and that made you happy? Go and find those things and do them again. I had this thought last week. You know how we say that when we drink, it's to try and make a good situation better or a bad situation less bad. Yes. It like heightens an emotion, a feeling of happiness usually. Exactly. I'm not sure if I've ever, during my whole years of drinking, reached the level of excitement of when you're a kid and your parents are like, you know what? You can have a sleepover tonight. Yes. Like that. Like, can I stay here tonight? Yes, you can. (gasps) Sleepover. Yeah. I don't think I've ever reached that again. So I love the idea of like going back to your inner child. Like what was 10 out of 10 joy as a kid? Well, it's just the facts then. If you really think about that, we had these euphoric moments as children without alcohol. Yeah. And then alcohol is introduced and we just think, oh, well, that's how I get happy. Whereas in fact, we were happy. The Christmas morning for me Mm -hmm. was the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. Throughout my entire life, I would say Christmas morning for me was it. Yeah, see, for me, I can remember going to like a a birthday party. I've got memory of like a football one and you run out onto the pitch at the start. We've got a whole party and we're playing football and we're all in our kits. I remember that being 11 out of 10 happy. Yeah. So there you go. Find your inner child. Find out what you used to enjoy, whether it's craft, whether it's a sport, not messing up your bedroom or anything negative (laughs) or smoking behind the bike sheds. Don't do those sort of things. But find something you used to really enjoy and appreciate the weather instead of using an excuse to take a drug, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Make the effort to find some sober mates. They'll probably be looking for you too. It's funny when you mentioned that earlier about telling a group of friends that you're going to be going to this event sober. Yeah. I think that can often encourage someone else who's been thinking about it totally. to do the same, then at least you're not alone. Yeah. Like when we talk about sober socialising, the scary thing is being the only one. Yes. There's two of you. That is most of the fear gone. Yeah. You can be a little sober army and talk about weird stuff in the corner. And I would feel so much more comfortable like when you and I go to something, even like our live yeah. show, just yeah. having someone else there that's kind of got the same feelings as you, that understands you, knows what you've been through, knows what you're trying to achieve. It is a really secure feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Um, walk 10 minutes when you feel like giving in. That was the tip you've come up with, which is not bad. Walk just 10 minutes, what, five minutes away it's from the party? Bad. No, it's not bad. I said it's not bad. It's not a good one. I'd say it's pretty good. Oh, no, I, said, I didn't mean it. that is bad. I meant that's a good one to take 10 minutes out of a party. Oh, it's not bad. <laughs> so hypersensitive today. Jesus not Christ. Bad. It's not bad. It's shit. It's amazing. It's an amazing tip. I would say going for a walk for 10 minutes when you feel like caving to booze yeah. is the best thing that you could ever do. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, you, you've really dumbed that That's one down, Hamish. That's a way of saying what I've said. Okay, so what you do is, if you think, oh my God, everyone's drinking, it's summer, I want to have a drink, you just go, right, I'm out, and you just ditch everything and you go for a very long stride. Oh, like the, the length of stride one. is important. Yeah, at least a metre. Okay. <laughs> like, march it out. walk out of there. March it out. March that feeling out. Yeah. It's like sitting with it, but more powerful, I would say. Okay. Yeah. That, you might be on something there. I am. Um, buy some good books. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I won't recommend your book here. Though I'm sceptical about most things you say, Hamish, especially <laughs> buying good books, apart from mine when it comes out on the 30th of January. Another plug, another plug. Um, cook, here's a good one. This is one you do. Yes. Eating nice food is just a much better treat than booze because it doesn't make you act like a loon. Yeah, that's actually my best... Christmas tip. Yes. Some people are terrified about Christmas. Oh, Christmas is all about booze. Christmas is all about booze. Make the Christmas Day food your job. Yes. Whether or not you're good, or, you know, even if you're a bad chef, be like, I'm doing dessert or I'm doing the starters or I'm doing breakfast. Like being in the kitchen with a task that isn't just everyone sitting around and boozing, which is basically what Christmas is, in my experience, yep. anywhere in the world. It's a lot of sitting and not doing a lot other than drinking. Making Food, your priority is a good tip. Yeah. I mean, we're mentioning Christmas, but like this is for any social occasion, whether it's summer, whether it's Christmas, whether it's a party, all of these things come into play, don't they? Remember, sober people, you are living life to the fullest just by staying sober. If you do, we promise this will probably be the best summer ever. What would your number one tip be, Vic? We have done t- titties for a while, haven't oh, we? Oh, top tits. Yes, yeah. I love you, top tits. Well, my top tit would be, it's something that I did when I quit drinking. I decided that it was forever. I know that sounds really full on, but I went into all of these events, summer, Christmas, parties, everything, knowing that I would not drink. And you can do that with summer too. Have a knowing. It sounds really weird, but it's like a gut feeling, a promise to yourself, and it will make it much easier and you won't have to deal with any form of preoccupation or the whole will I, won't I head fuck. Decide now I'm not going to drink this summer and it's going to be great. Going in with a positive frame of mind will be your anchor to sobriety. If you are newly sober and already dreading this summer, That might just be your pesky thinking little brain coming up with an excuse for you to get drinking again. It's amazing how us boozers will find any reason to get back on it like a car bonnet. But it's so important that you own your sobriety, remember why you started this, and know that you are doing the best thing for your health. Yep, I agree. Don't let the sun being out break all the hard work you've done so far. Don't let old traditions and archaic associations ruin your streak of well-being. Hamish and I both look forward to summer and the hot weather now. It means lots of fun times on the beach soaking up the beauty of nature time with the people we love and it's likely hamish will be doing a marathon in a mankini and getting some painful chaffing and that's always quite entertaining yeah never as bad as you think is she the chafing on that take off your shades whack on some sunscreen enjoy a sober summer and make it one you will remember for once if i know anything about english summers is that they are short they can literally be over in the blink of an eye so make the most of every second of it squeeze all the fun out of it and don't waste any of it being drunk or hungover if we really pin it down hamish going into your first summer is really about fear Fear over whether or not you're going to give up and get drinking again just because everyone else seems to be doing it. So I thought this little analogy might help you make the choice between a summer filled with hangovers and one filled with memories. Fear, Hamish. F-E-A-R has two meanings. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. Zig Ziglar said that. I wasn't going to mention the name of the person. I feel like we can't go past that. No, listen, I wasn't going to mention the name of the person because I was hoping that people might think I said it. Oh, okay, sorry. I was going to take claim for that. But then we're really robbing someone called Zig Ziglar. Was he in um, the Spice Girls? It sounds (laughs) better. Zig Ziglar. That's what that song was about. (laughs) 
we recommend the latter of that, though. Yes. Face everything and rise. Right. Should we go get an ice cream then? Oh, yes. Can I have a magnum or a weird clown face with a bubble nose? A weird clown face with a bubble nose? You know, the chewing gum bubble gum one. Anyway, we just wanted to end today's podcast with a lovely review that somebody sent in earlier today. He, she, uh, not sure, but it comes from all they, and it comes from Great Britain. I don't know what I do without this podcast. Since starting my sober journey and tuning into Sober Awkward, it continues to provide me with a laughter, support, and encouragement, which is so vital to staying motivated. I find it so comforting to listen to that for me, listening to each episode feels like the best and biggest bear hug. Vic and Hamish, thank you so much for your honesty, hard work, and inspiration in the making of this podcast. Please keep it going. All the love. So lovely. We read those when we're feeling a bit down, don't we, Hamish? It is difficult to describe how amazing it is to read a review like that. We get these wonderful reviews or, or emails from people who share this stuff. And I think for us, it's easy to forget that this reaches lots of people. Yes. We, we did the um, the live show in Sydney recently, and that was the first time I felt like I met people that we didn't know that listened to the podcast. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yes, I, I a lot of our friends listen to it and people that we know. And then you, at the, at, you know, there was someone that walked into the live event and they were they came in by themselves and they didn't immediately greet you or me. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is this is someone that just listens to the podcast. And it's it was amazing so to be yeah. able to thank people in person yeah. for listening. Cause I feel like we don't get to do that often. We get to email back or we get to, you know, mention it in the podcast. Yeah. But it's nice to actually thank people in person. And they always say the same thing. It's like having two best mates when they're out for their walk in the morning. So we want to thank you as well. People listening yes. out there to this episode. Thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it and share it with your mates because that's what get help get this message out there to more people. Now, Hamish, I've got a question for you. Go on. Do you want to have a sleepover? Mm, that's loaded. You have three. No, no. You have three children and no spare beds. No, I thought you were going to get excited. I'm going to take you back to your. I did, but I did the maths. I was like, "There's no spare beds. You've got three children. You've got a dog. I know that all of your kids like to get into bed with adults at night. No, I would not. You can have a sleepover of mine if you want. I want to take you back to your childhood, Hamish. Yeah. I want you to come Isn't and have a sleepover. Isn't that interesting? I had nothing. I had no joy come from you then. I just <laughs> so analysed the children in the house. And don't I go said, and find your inner child, Amos. Then I'll it's... go on a swing. Okay, let's go. Let's yeah. go to the park then, shall That'll we? That'll do. Okay, I'll yeah. push you on the swings. <laughs> If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. 
I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny-weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 